0: What I wanted to share um, today was on Romans 4 which is an Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and um, the ability to let faith be your substance rather than looking for substance to back up your faith which I tend to do um, to safeguard it and how to stand on your promises and essentially this whole thing because when my mom and dad went to Herman and said look okay Jess you're taking the sermon I was like I actually have something I could share. So this is literally straight out of my journal. <laughs> just took it and put it into, uh, put it on my laptop. So this is really what God's been speaking to me about. So I'm just going to take you through what God's been speaking to me about over the, over the last couple of weeks. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I just had this experience where I felt like God's word over my life and the promises that he'd made, it came into contention. And not just like, oh, it hasn't happened yet or... Um, we're in this waiting place of like it it wasn't the not yet place it was actually in a place of contention where it felt like my circumstances and like the facts and the logic were all against what God had said and I had this moment of like what am I going to believe and like what's true in this do I go with what is logically kind of your earthly law truth or do I go with what God has said over my life and out. It was the circumstances of saying one thing and I knew that God had said another thing so I wanted to talk about that tension point between what God has said and then the not yet and often that place can actually be a place of war because you are choosing and most of the time you're not in that tension point alone there's a lot of what the enemy wants you to believe and he will fuel you to be more over to this side rather than going on that side and that's a war um And what I found that when you're in a war, when you're in a battle, the biggest lie that comes against you when you're in a war, a battle of believing something or if something hasn't happened yet or you're just battling is that this time, this is the time that you're you're going to be taken out. This is the one... That ends it all. This is the time that God's not going to come through because you can look back on your life. You can say God came through and He came through and He came through and I was fine and I was fine and I was fine and I was fine. But this time, the enemy's like, oh, now, now I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I just realized that's such a lie. He's come through so many, so many times that I started believing that, you know, maybe this could be it, guys. This could be the end. And I just realized, you know, that's so, that's so silly to think because I'm going to overcome this and then this is going to be another one of those times and the next time I go through a battle the enemy will come with the same silly lie even though that's been added to my bank of of trust and I just realized I need to acknowledge that and know and say look God has come through God has come through so that the next time I go into a battle and the and the, the enemy comes with that lie I can say no that's not what this is that's not what's going to happen here um And I came to this crossroads where it was, do I trust what I hear? And in a good season, you can be like, yes, I do, because all your circumstances back up your faith. But when you're in a moment where they might not and there's contention, can you also say, like, do I trust what I hear? Do I just believe what God has said? And you get there. But the lie comes in and you say, but what does God say? And then which way are you going to throw your faith? Um... And I realized that the enemy in those places, that he comes in with this assailment of what ifs and doubt. And they masquerade as your own thoughts. And they put pressure on you to put your faith behind his lies as opposed to God's truth. Um, a couple of months ago, we were just going through a bit of a time. It was just some serious spiritual warfare in our family. And it was a little bit hectic. And um, it was in the middle of the night and I was lying in my bed. And I was just worrying. I was like, what if this happens? And what if this is it? And it's just like a whole lot of things. You know, when you, I was like, I'm processing. That's what I'm doing. I'm processing. And I could hear all my thoughts in my head and I'm lying there and I'm thinking about all these things. And you know, when you're kind of half asleep, half awake and I had my eyes closed and I turned my head to the side and in the spirit, (laughs) it was a little shocking to me because I wasn't, I was just worrying about all this stuff. Turned my head to the side and I saw this snake in my mind's eye next to me. And I saw the words coming out of his mouth into my ear. But it was my voice that he was talking. And I realized that wasn't me. That wasn't me worrying. That wasn't my thoughts. I was not processing. That was the enemy just feeding these lies into my life. And it masqueraded as my thoughts and my process, what I think about the situation, so that I could throw my faith behind his lies and not God's truth. Um and I just realized like these lies, these things that come against what God has said, the promises of God over your life, whether it be your workspace, whether it be your relationships, your marriage, your future marriage, your um yeah, your job, what you do, your future. All of these things, the lies that come against that, those are external things. They are they external worries. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? This isn't great, that's not great. Um this could happen. Did you see how that happened? It's all these things. Those are external. And I think, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Bill Johnson. Should probably have checked that. But my dad was telling me the other day, because I heard it from my dad. Uh. Um, <laughs> he said, what, what you have to do, your internal pressure has to be greater than your external pressure. So all the pressures that you have around you, all those things that are trying to get you to believe something that's other than God, what God has said over your life, Those are external pressures. And actually, it's your internal pressure of hope and peace and trust in the Lord. That has to be greater than the pressure on the outside. Otherwise, you get crushed. But if you can actually build that up and you throw your faith and your might and everything behind, I believe this. This is what God has said. This is what God has said. God has got good plans for me. God's got a hope for me. God has made me strong. You can go through all the promises in the Bible. And you believe those, and you build up your internal pressure so that when external pressures come, you can dispel them. Amen. And, um, <laughs> and um, this is what I wrote in my, my journal. I said, I refuse to paint pictures of my future with things that do not align with the Word of God over my life. And um, put that down. And just, you know when you'd write over it a couple times? <laughs> like this is what I'm choosing to believe. <laughs> and yeah, I said, no, I refuse to paint pictures of my future with things that do not align with the Word of God. Because I do that. You get these other things, you're like, oh, it could be this, it could be that. I'm like, no, what has God said? What do I believe? What is my driving force, actually? Um, and so I was praying about all of this, and the Lord showed me, he's like, yes, there's this, there's this spectrum between like, your starting point where you get a promise over your life and um or over your family's life and I think I was praying about my family and all of this all the promises of God over our family and um and and who we were and you get a promise and it's like woo this is amazing it's like you've typed that into your GPS and you're like awesome this is where we're going to go and there's there's a journey between that moment and when you arrive at your destination and it's great and actually that there's this there's the spectrum and that tension point between this and that and um God showed me that on one end of the spectrum and when you're believing in that place. On one end of this spectrum is that verse in Romans 4 which says, and at that point I actually, I didn't know it was in Romans 4. I knew it said in the Bible and I'd actually been studying originally when it said this in, I think it's Genesis 16 or 17, where God had taken Abraham out and he'd shown him all the stars and he'd said, this is how many you know, this is this is your promise. This is how many... This is your 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 kids. And you're going to be the father of many nations. And all of this stuff. And Abraham, like just for a normal person, that's a little bit of a crazy promise. But he's like, you don't understand, Lord. Like, I'm old. She's old. This is not... My circumstances are really not good for this. Um, but even so, like i had been reading that and it said, And Abraham believed God. There was no ifs and buts about it. There was no... This, that, and that. It was like, you said it, and I believe it. And so he's on one end of the spectrum you've got, an Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness. And I wrote it there, and Jessica believed God. And then on the other end of that spectrum is actually the oldest lie in the Bible. Like the first lie that the devil actually lies about is, did God really say? Did God really say? And I was in that spot where the Lord had said that. So I was like, did God really say that? Was that just me? And um, what happened with Adam and Eve is they believed that lie. And they went, they said, did, did God really say that? And by putting that seed of doubt in their minds, they called them to question the character of God. Like, oh, God doesn't want us to eat this fruit because you know, he's a mean God. He doesn't, he doesn't have good things for me. He's trying to keep something from me. And if I, if I listen to the enemy, my life's gonna be better. And I'm gonna align my faith with what the enemy said. And the irony was that, oh, we're going to be like God if you eat this fruit. They were already like God. They were made in the image of God. That was a lie from beginning to end. And I just realized, okay, where am I in the spectrum? (laughs) Am I and Jessica believe God? Or am I listening to that voice that says, did God really say? (laughs) Um, And what struck me about Abraham was that he didn't defend his, his faith. He just, he just believed. He didn't tell, in the sense, he didn't defend it. He didn't prop it up. He didn't prove it. He didn't pr- didn't prop it up with facts or arguments. My mom's always said, Jess, never get into an argument with the devil. <laughs> the enemy comes with a lie and you start engaging with that lie and you're telling it why it's this, that, and the next thing. You know, the, the enemy can always, it just drags you down into that lie. Sometimes you're like, no, that's not true. God's got good plans for like, This is what God said and that's what I'm going to believe. This is the truth, and I don't have to tell you why it's the truth. This is the truth. Um, and, yeah, it's just God said it, and I believe it. Simple. In theory. <laughs> so I was writing this in my, in my journal, and I was saying, like, okay, Lord, like, I've got this, this spectrum. And I just felt the Lord say, go and read Romans 4. I didn't actually know what Romans 4 was off by heart. Now you can see my Romans 4 is so full of notes and highlights now, boy and I opened up Romans 4 and there it was and I I, I wasn't expecting to see it and there it was it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness so if you have your Bibles you can open it up to Romans 4 I'm going to start from verse 13 and then I'm just going to take you through it the way the Lord took me through it and share with you what he said to me so it's Romans 4 13 and I'll just read through it from beginning to end first and it says, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring um, was that he would be the heir of the world, did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, the faith is null and void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is, but where there is no law, there's no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. Not only the adherence of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In in the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. And as he had been told, so your offspring shall be. He did not weaken in his faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, Um, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. And I was like, sheesh, good good for you, Abe. Um, (laughs) 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 What a man, what a lad. Um, And... The first verse, the Romans 4.13, it just the Lord said the promise came through the righteousness of faith, not natural law, because it goes on to speak about the law and this. And the Lord said, let's put that to natural law. It came through faith. Faith is a huge deal. What you put your faith to will direct your life. Because you you where you throw your faith, it's like you throw your weight forward, your body's gonna go that way. (laughs) Throw your faith towards something, your life's gonna go in that direction. Um, and faith, what you partner with, it has real life effects. So Abraham had been believing for a while for a son and it hadn't happened and Ishmael happened and all these other things happened. And the Lord said, okay, this is what I'm doing. And he believed God. I mean, uh, another example of this would be Peter who'd been fishing all night. It'd been a long time coming for this promise. um, for for Abraham. And for Peter, his payday, it was a long time coming. He really was sick and tired. And I think pretty much everyone can identify with being a little bit sick and tired of waiting for something. Um, And it got to the point and Jesus came and gave him a word. And he said, well, put your nets down one more time on that side. Now, if Peter hadn't put his faith behind what God had said, he never would have got those fish. He never would have followed Christ. And to an extent, we wouldn't have some of the things we have today just because Peter believed God and he just threw his nets out one more time and he just believed what God has said. I mean, huh, circumstance and logic says, no, you've been fishing all night, you've been thinking, you're now up close to throw your nets out. Like, that's kind of unreasonable to think. But God said it, he believed it, and then he had effects. Um, and I just just thought about this of like we live by faith not by sight Mm -hmm. and if you only have faith in what you see or what you can you can believe is true because of because of that's not faith that's observation right if you have faith in what only you see it's not faith it's observation um and hebrews 11 says now faith is the substance of things hopeful the conviction of things not seen for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It says faith is the substance. And this is what I so camped on for a while. It was that if I look for other substances, fact, proof, my faith is actually in said substance rather than faith in God himself being my substance. Um, And I just went there I said, faith is my substance. Faith is my substance. So actually, if everything else is all haywire and funny, (laughs) I have faith and that's my substance. And that's enough. That is absolutely enough. It's the word of God. I believe it. You said it and I believe it. Um, And I just went down. I said, well, why, why did Noah build the ark? That's not really... Dumb thing to do with God didn't tell you. Oh, build a boat. What's a boat? For the flood. What's a flood? For the rain. What's a rain? You know, all the circumstances with, like, why did Noah build an ark? Why did Abraham leave his homeland when the Lord said, hey, I've got, to leave, go there to the desert. Um, why did Moses hold up a staff over the Red Sea? You know, it's not like you're like, oh, I can take care of this guy. Let me just, you know, why did he do that? Why did the Israelites march around Jericho? That's also something that kind of defies logic, but the Lord said it in some really big things. The Lord backed his act with the faith that they had. Why did Gideon whittle down his army to a handful? Why did Elijah pour water over his sacrifice? And um, Hebrews 11, it speaks about these people, and this is what it says. It says, These are the people who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. I just think that's such a powerful, powerful verse. And then, as you go on, so verse 17 says, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Um, so you can put your own promise there where it says, I have made you the father of many nations. Put your promise there. What's God said over your life? Even the ones you've stopped hoping for, the things that you think are dead or are a bit unrealistic or your circumstances defy. And then it says, in the presence of God, in whom he believed. So he believed in God and therefore believed in the word of God. So he believed in God's character. And because he believed this is who my God is, then of course he can do what he says. Because he believed in God's character. Um, And then he gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. If you want to talk about circumstance, being dead is like a pretty big reason to not believe in life. But even here, he says, well, he gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And this doesn't particularly pertain to the promise of God over Abraham's life. But he said, this is the God that I serve. He can raise the dead and he can call into existence. Therefore, he can do my promise. And it was faith in that character of God. Verse 18 says in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told so your offspring shall be that insinuates that there was a hope that he had to hope against which means there was a hope in natural law there was some other kind of hope that was there and he had to actually take his hope out of those things and put it in God he had to hope against hope and then verse 19 is one of my favorites from here on it gets real good um, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he'd considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. And I just love the way he actually lists the natural laws here. He actually lists them. He said... There's this problem, there's this problem, there's this problem. But yet still, he did not weaken in his faith, full knowing the facts. He still didn't weaken. So it's not a case of you can only hope if you don't know the facts. You can see the facts and still say, yeah, but I'm not going to weaken my faith because I know who my God is, I know who his character is. Therefore, I can back this. Um, verse 20 says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. There were three things that the Lord showed me in this verse. One, he said he knew knew the facts, yet no unbelief made him even waver. He could look all the circumstances full in the face, and he didn't waver. And then what really, really stuck out to me, it said that, but he grew strong in his faith. Like he didn't grow weak here. And usually at that tension point, that's where I find my faith weakening big time. When you come into that contention point, you're like, oh, well, God's obviously not coming through here. Like this isn't, this isn't working. But actually Abraham grew strong in this place of tension. And, um, well, I thought about it in, in terms of muscles. Like when you want to make a muscle strong, you isolate that muscle and then you work it out. And then that muscle actually gets stronger, not weaker. So I was like, well, if I can just shift my mindset to when I hit this place, I'm like, whoa, I'm isolating this muscle, this particular area of my life that I'm contending for, I'm going to grow strong in my faith because it's not here yet. And that was like quite a thing for me to think of because usually if it's not here yet, it's not happening, you grow weak in your faith. No, actually, I can isolate this particular... I can get strong in my faith because it's not here yet. Um, because it seems crazy. Yeah. And then the third thing, it says, and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that he was able to do what he had promised. In that place of tension, he gave glory to God. He worshiped God in the place of not knowing, having nothing else to back him up. And he worshiped God as his provider. So say you need financial breakthrough. If you can stand in your life and give glory to God as a provider, as someone who's just that good, and you can say, I don't see this in my life right now, but I'm go- I know this is who you are, and I'm going to praise you for who you are, mm-hmm. you need healing, you praise God for to be the healer, if you need breakthrough in this area, you praise God in that exact area, you stand where your battleground is, and then you worship the Lord for who he is in that area, mm-hmm. and to praise, and um, the praise in that point of tension is vital, because you praise the Lord on account of his character, not your circumstances, And that's where I had to move. I was like, I'm praising the Lord not because of my circumstances, not because everything's so good right now. I'm praising God because it's in his character. Um, We rejoice in hope, not circumstance. And why did Abraham give glory to God there? It was because he was fully convinced. He was fully convinced. And I just went like, am I fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised? Am I fully convinced? Um... Yeah, and the last bit, the best part of this passage is the very last bit where it says in verse 23, But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This whole section of the Bible is not just to say, look how great a giant of a man Abraham was. It was like, this is accessible to you. This is how you do it. You can do it. This is not for his sake alone. This is for you. It's kind of like, a. it's like, take it. This is not for him alone. Take this. Mm -hmm. Um, And lastly, what I just, I said, okay, well, Lord, how do I get to this place? (laughs) How do I get to that place where I can say, and Jessica believed God. And the answer was, know your God. Know him. If you know who your God is you'll know what he can do and if you can have faith in who God is that's how you are fully convinced is because you know who God is Mm. um you don't trust someone you don't know you just don't my dad had an unfortunate um event this week where he bought something off Facebook marketplace which disappeared (laughs) completely and how many of you have had that moment where you buy something online and deposit the money and you just have like yeah I hope I haven't just made a big mistake because you don't know that person you're like what's to stop them from running off with my money um, but I mean if Heidi came up to me and asked me hey do you want to do that? I'd be like yeah sure whatever like yeah take my card you know because I trust her implicitly you know it's not going to be in my head I'm not going to be thinking gee have I just made a big mistake it wouldn't even cross my mind that that would cross my mind because I know her it's the same with God. If you know your God, you'll know that you can trust him. Um, And so this is what I wrote at the end of this. This is what I wrote in my journal. I said, well, how, how do I just know God? And I said, read the word. Spend time in his presence. Talk to him constantly. Go to your testimonies. Listen to your friends talk about him. Know your God so that when life gets bumpy or you receive a promise, when a circumstance requires faith, You can say that I know my living God. He shuts the mouths of lions. He parts the middle of seas. He is the God who provided bread in the desert and sends fire from the sky. The God who speaks to my spirit and is praised by my friends. The God who has never left me and never will. The God I know to be faithful and true. And I have faith apart from any other fact or proof or outcome. Faith is my substance of hope. Faith is my base. And every external earthly law will bow to the word of God that I throw my faith behind. Um, And what God has said, and I said to God, if you said it, I will believe it. So this is my channel. It's like we will believe God and it will be counted to us as righteousness. And so that's what I wanted to encourage you guys with today. That's what God has encouraged me with is that when God says something, that's it. That's the law above any other law. And you can fully throw your trust behind it and you don't have to justify it you can just say I trust you because you are God